This is a special preview of Episode 2 of the United States of Debt, a Slate Academy. To listen to the full episode, sign up at slate.com slash debt. Are you near your wallet? Do me a favor. Open it up. Count the number of credit cards you have in it. I'm going to guess you have either three or four. That's the average number most Americans have. And I'm going to guess something else, too. I bet you use them more often than you want to. Who doesn't? I'm Helene Olin, a columnist here at Slate, and this is Episode 2 of the United States of Debt. Today, we're going to talk about that little piece of plastic that drives us all crazy. Yes, I'm talking about our credit cards. Why do so many of us run up more charges than we can comfortably pay off? Why do credit card companies lend us money anyway? And why do so many people, even if they have a decent income, have a hard time escaping the credit card trap? What can we do to get out from under? Chapter 1. I Use Credit Cards to Have a Life My name is Janetis Castillo. I am 26 years old. I was born and raised in uh, Brooklyn, New York. I have an associate's in business administration. I went to Hazard College, and I'm also pursuing my bachelor's in uh, human services. I have an eight-year-old daughter who is full of life and keeps me motivated and determined to just do the best thing by her and by us. Janaris is a single mom. She's worked for four years at a Brooklyn-based nonprofit helping low-income clients access the government services they need. She herself also works with the organization's financial counselors. That's because, despite her best efforts, she maintains a balance on her credit cards. Um, So I have one credit card. It's a Discover card, and I've been a member since 2011. That is when I separated from the father of my child, and I moved into my own place. And I had to use my savings towards this security deposit. And so for the first two to three months, it was a bit of a struggle. At that time, I was earning um, $30,000 a year. I was a single parent with a child. All my savings went towards the security deposit. And so I had to start using my credit card to basically get by and purchase like furniture, uh, food, and things like that. It's fair to say a significant portion of Janari's debt comes from the pressures of raising a child on her own in one of the most expensive cities in the United States. In fact, women are more likely than men to carry credit card debt. That's partly because of lower earnings and responsibility for raising their children. There is just not enough discretionary income in our budgets. Again, that's our expert Carmen Rita Wong from the first episode, who formerly hosted a personal finance show on CNBC. So when you have stagnant wages, we all know this, and your expenses are bigger, how, where is this money going to come from? So a lot of folks are using credit cards for staples of life and not because they have spending problems. And Janaris was using her credit cards for the staples of life. But she was using them for other things, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do I have to be completely honest? <laughs> I like to go out a lot. You know, I'm 26, so there's a lot of um, going out to bars with friends and families. You know, things with my daughter. I like to give her things that I did not have when I was a child. So I, like, every year take her to go see, like, Disney on Ice. I just took her to see... Ariana Grande at the Barclays Center. 
but then I didn't want to sit all the way in the back. So I paid for pretty good tickets. <laughs> and I felt good because she enjoyed it. But then, you know, it was about $300 that I paid for the tickets. Janaris wants the best for her daughter. She wants her to have the same things other kids have, from toys to clothes to education. She wants her to attend college, so she's putting away $100 a week in a separate bank savings account for her. But the result of all this is more spending. That's not unusual, says Rebecca Barrett-Fox, who has studied people who attend get-out-of-debt groups and is now a visiting assistant professor of sociology at Arkansas State University. Oftentimes, these are people who grew up less advantaged, and they're trying to break into a new class. And they're not incorrect in thinking that one way you break into that higher class is having cultivating more cultural capital, so cultivating more experiences. You know, can your kid go to a camp? Can your kid go on a field trip? So all the other kids in the class get to go on a field trip, and you don't have the money for it. Or they get to have a spring break trip or a school ski trip, and you don't have the money for that. There's stigma attached to that, and that stigma really tells us that we don't respect poor people. People who can't afford these things are valued less. They're not the kind of people we want to be. And so we put money into maintaining that appearance, the appearance that we have the money to do this, to our detriment. The card accepts it all. No judgment. When I first met Janaries late last year, she had a Discover card, a Victoria's Secret card, a Target card, and oh yeah, a Children's Place card so she could buy her daughter clothes. She was making progress on her credit card debt, whittling it down from $10,000 to $6,000, thanks in part to three hefty promotions that all but doubled her salary to $65,000. But still, $6,000 was a lot of money to owe at double-digit interest rates, and she wanted it to go away. 